Coming up this week on S4C, we are back. The Welsh Premier League is back and we're heading to Jenna Park. Barrytown against Newtown. It's a big game. Both clubs having unbelievable seasons. So Gavin Chesterfield and Chris Hughes will lock horns. 20 past seven, Saturday night with a 7.30 kickoff. Scorio, S4C. 20 past 7 this Saturday night. He likes to tell you if anyone will listen About his seven caps, his chocolate knees His distinct lack of pace Now it's a long shot Hello, welcome to the Longman's Football World Podcast. Today's guest is a man who I played alongside at Norwich. Started off his career at Liverpool, uh, went off then to Millwall, spells at Leicester, Derby. Finished off his career at Shrewsbury. A brilliant centre-half, on his day, honestly. Worked his way up to the top, Premier League with Norwich. And if it wasn't for injuries, would have stayed there for a long, long time, I'm sure. Uh, he was that good, uh, but he had his injury troubles, like myself. Um, had his demons. We get into all of it, and hopefully, you guys will enjoy this conversation. Good to catch up with him, a man who's just finding his way after retiring a couple of years ago, but finding his way in the agency business, and I'm sure he'll be a big success in that world. So, without any further ado, enjoy this conversation with Frank the Tank, the one and only Zach Whitbread. Zachary Whitbread, here we are, mate. Same location as uh, Mr. David Raven, an idol of yours growing up. How's Feels it? good. Yeah? Feels good, mate, yeah. It's a beautiful part of the world, Wales, over the border. Are we in Wales? Yeah, we're yeah, in we're, just we're, about yeah, Wales, so aren't we? Yeah, so oh. it's all the It's like being away on holiday. Sun shining, no crows today. Well, headed out into the courtyard with Ravs, didn't I? You didn't like that idea at all, did you? Not today, mate, no, it's pretty fresh. Pretty but, chilly. But it was you that brought it up. You said, ah, yeah, we'll go in the crow's nest. Is that what you called it? Well, yeah, there's a crow's nest out there somewhere. Oh, is, is that what you heard? Yeah, you? the crow, that's all I could do. I haven't listened back to the Ravs podcast. It was no. a good podcast, by the way. Enjoyed it. Ray Bo's, uh I know the crow made a noise for a little spell, but was it was it constant? Yeah, there was that. There was motorbikes. <laughs> there was open parks around the corner somewhere. Yeah, sorry. Was, no, that's all right, mate. It's, say sorry to your listeners. They're the one who have to put up with it. <laughs> We're comfortable, aren't we? This is nice, mate. Starbucks. Nice little plug again for you, and uh, hopefully some good stories. The um, 
you know, the reason I'm doing this, partly we just had a little chat about improving skills to fucking present and, yeah. and this and that. It's also catching up with my mates. Do you know what I mean? It's not not a bad little gig you've got going here, mate. Because really, now we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have been in touch this week and said, "Do you fancy a coffee in the St David's no. in Queensbury?" You would have thought, "Nah." Well, I was trying to give you the, the swerve anyway. To be honest, as you said last week, it was uh, took me a couple of days to to get back to I'm you. I'm made up. I'm here now. To be honest, I'm made up. I'm doing it. I'm persistent, but not. I try. You tell me. You know, you're the one that's been on the receiving end of it. I try and not be a dickhead. Because I know what it's like when someone's on at you all the time. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was a good balance. That and yeah. then the threat on the podcast was enough. Yeah, that was enough. I was like, I can't. So I try and be subtle. Try, try and be a little bit more clever with with how I get my guests. But it, it is hard. Footballers, you know, if footballers think you're after something, yeah, yeah, they'll switch off. I've realised that now. Obviously, we'll, we'll get onto it in a bit, I'm sure. But going into the agency stuff. Lads, they'll give you they'll give you an inch one minute, and then you think, yeah, oh, I've got a chance here, yeah. and then it's just never to be heard from again. So, so you've got to play, you've got to know how to sort of approach them, and as you say, not be too in the face. Hello, mate. How's you know? And exclamation marks and all yeah. this. Like, who's this guy coming in, being busy? You know, if you send too many messages, yeah, they're well, not having it. Th- th- there's a there's a script you've got to stick to, basically, in a, a time frame of first message, and it's just you know a lot of players get back and then when's the second one yeah. going out if he has to reply to your reply and then, as you say right so you've got that one you can fire one more off yeah you go in with another message <laughs> mate, you're you're getting abused and people don't even realize that they like my my agent when I was a player uh, Dan still real good mates I speak to him every week he, you know yeah, that's good but at the time when I was playing and if I saw my phone that Dan was calling, I had to be in just in the right um, frame of mind. Yeah. Because I'm sitting there maybe watching telly and I knew Dan's going to be on the phone for 20 minutes. <laughs> it's going to get we're, deep. We're going to be gonna, talking about yeah. Sopranos, we're going to be talking about this and yeah. that. You know, and I, I love Dan. Yeah. But sometimes you're like, um, I want a nap. <laughs> and that's the life of a footballer, isn't, isn't it? it? It's the old... Can I, uh, what's, I need rest, yeah. Need rest, <laughs> got, a, got a game in a week. There's no, real, yeah. There's no real reason not to answer the call. No. But you, you, you think to yourself, well, this game you've got in four days, <laughs> you're still preparing. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah. I messaged, you know, we were back and forth on Instagram, weren't we? On, uh, yeah. you know, you, did you slide into my DMs? I think you did initially. Well, to try and get on the, no, the show? No, no, no. Just, just oh, actually, I did actually, yeah, but asking, asking regardless. So we're going back and forth. You were answering me, I was answering you. It was nice. And then I mentioned the podcast, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a media guy. You'll probably notice throughout this, there's a, a few stutters and speech impediments and whatnot. I had a couple of offers to do a, like Rams TV with Derby and Canaries oh. and all that. And yeah, sorry lads, the, the guys who do the media down there. I think I may have replied to one of them, but the other one just. What would you not fancy? Is that no, for com- yeah. commentary or? I think it was like co commentary, and I think the Rams TV was like a studio guest. I think some people are made for it. Some people can talk and make sense. I think yeah. the sense is in my head, it's just delivering it and getting out of there. So I was probably a little bit, I'd say, nervous and maybe not wanting to push those boundaries, but to be honest, and there was maybe a little bit of that with this initially but I think it's one of them you've got to 
Is it put yourself out there, push yourself a little bit? Out there? I'd imagine something like this. If I get in touch with you or whoever, the initial reaction maybe in your own mind is, uh, am I going to be boring? No, not boring as such. You know, you've got a, you've got your story to tell, and that's what yeah. I'm trying to say to people. Everyone's just different. Mm. Obviously, I'm going to have entertaining ones, you know, big characters, yeah. and then I'm going to have a David Ray, <laughs> you know, real boring. Yeah, I switched off after up, ten minutes. It's up to me to try and get the best out of it. Yeah, well, you you stole the show last week, mate. You were in your you were in your Starbucks, didn't you? I was the coin. top man, then the crows, and then right. <laughs> yeah, that was was way the one there. I just thought it was you and the crow having a chat. <laughs> But, but I think that's what people initially think. One, what is a podcast? Two, why, why do I need to do it? And three, you know, what, what am I going to be able to say? Yeah, to, yeah I understand that. I think from my point of view, it was obviously I've seen you've been doing them. Made up for you. I mean, obviously, with your media sort of stuff, it's good to see, obviously, going back from the playing days. Uh, and then probably another one was, yeah, go on. You know, not push yourself. I'd say to some people, this would just be like, and it is just sitting down with a mate, and that's probably a good reason for doing it. You know, it's sort of it's easy, but there is that thought then of, yeah, what am I going to say? And that as soon as that is in front of you, yeah, this recording device yeah. changes. Then we can be talking. We were talking. Oh yeah, the voice as soon as changed, I say, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like, my my voice changes to start with. Yeah, yeah. But then as soon as I say, yeah, Zach, we're pressing play now. It's like yeah, your arms yeah, might cross, yeah, yeah. not you, but someone's arms might cross, and it's yeah. weird, isn't it? It's weird, yeah, it is weird. Did you used to hate doing interviews when you were playing? Uh, I was all right. Again, I think, like we were saying before this interview, it was the. It's not an interview, this, mate. This is on stream. <laughs> so, yeah, so this com- is a chat, com- yeah. Conversation. Oh, it's flowing magnificently so far. Yeah, we were saying before, so like the football sort of interviews are quite. You know, straight down the, the pipe, you're getting the same responses, the same questions, same responses, you know, yeah, I'm going to give 110% today. So it's quite, I think it just, you don't really have to think about it, you almost just get used to it, of just saying the same things and you're not pushing any boundaries. So I never really had a problem and I, I could just talk gibberish for a couple of minutes and not really worry about what I said because I knew it was monotonous. So I didn't mind doing that, I think it's just things where... You know, if I was in a studio and I'd watched a game yeah. and I had the sort of minute piece at half time to sort of give my view and of, of how it's gone, whether in my head it's like, I've seen the game, in my head it's like, well, yeah, they've done all right, they've set up this way. It would just be delivering it on within that minute and saying it sort of constructively so people at home or people watching would be like, right, yeah, that makes sense. I can see where it's coming from. So that would be it, but it's... Uh, Is that why you didn't go into coaching? I don't know if you've given it a bash, but yeah. you, you've spoken about the agency business. That's that's the angle you've taken. Yeah, no, I'm not too bad with that. Again, um, the coaching, and that's a strange thing. It's probably... I'm not bad with cameras in my face. I can deal with it. And coaching, I'd be, I'd be pretty comfortable. I was never like a massive talker in the dressing room obviously you probably know I wasn't one to you know really sort of get the lads going but I'm comfortable speaking to people you know one to one if there's with the agency thing you know it's not a problem I'll sit down opposite someone and players clubs and I'll be fine coaching I think I'll be fine the coaching thing I just didn't really didn't have that burning desire to do it yeah 
and you see a lot of the boys go into it and you think you know obviously you go through all the badges and, and fair play you know it's a, that's a tough graft but then at the end of it there's that such a small minority who get anywhere near managing it at a, a good level and, and fair play you've, you've got to you've got to, you know work you've got to be in it to win it but then you see a lot of lads who are still doing the sort of under 12s and they're putting their shift in from early morning at the academy and they're there till the last group leaves at, at night and I still think then that you're still vulnerable to a, a clear out and I almost yeah. I think I wanted to be doing something where a bit like yourself you can control your own destiny a bit more than because football's cutthroat and I've been involved in that not being in control of my future within football because if a manager doesn't like you or this or injuries or that you're gone yeah. and you feel like I, tr- I needed that control back in life for me to dictate you are so angle. you're so disposable as a coach you're disposable as a player yeah but the contract means something yeah, yeah, yeah. you know if someone wants to get rid of you they're, they're going to have to pay up your contract yeah. um, whereas as a coach because you're earning so much less money, you're working so many more hours. Yeah. You've got to be in it completely, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then almost, well, the luck factor to maybe stumble upon a manager who likes you working alongside him, yeah. meaning that you're attached to that manager wherever he goes. Yeah, it's getting huge. that attachment first, though. Raylo yeah. was right last week, and I, I feel for him. And that, that's almost from the position he's in now. I could almost—that's what I didn't want to be yeah. involved in. It's who you know. And I think Rainbow's the same, and, and I think I'm similar. There's certain people out there who are good at attaching themselves to people. For you know, you know, they make up. Would you put like it politely? There's, there's a few out there, mate. There's a few out there. Rainbow's not one of them. Rainbow's a you know, good honest lad who'll put the shift in, but he doesn't want to be. He's he's a proud yeah proud man. I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm sure he likes a, a lick every now and then, but yeah. yeah but it'll, it'll probably count against him. He'll, he'll be the first to if he was a little bit different. He, you know, you say, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll do this for you. I'll do that yeah, for you." Like, you but see that? That's not you, mate. Yeah, yeah. you're almost like he's, he's he's a yes man. Yeah, yeah. So I do. I do feel I don't want to be a part of that. And it's a bit of a rat race now, isn't it? Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of people getting into it, and it's just oh yeah, I couldn't be. And to be honest, once I finished. I needed a bit of time away from the game for sure, and that's why the agency things only really happened over the past couple of months. Go on then. So you mentioned before we started the recording, two years retired. Yeah. 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 So easy decision, hard decision, but out of out of my hands to be honest. Go on. Uh, so no contracts coming in. No, that there was at that point. Um, I was at Shrew- so last club was Shrewsbury. Uh, struggled again throughout that season with injuries. Uh, but was fit ending the season hmm. so picking up in the off season was like yep still still looking to play on All, albeit you know the, the, the wounds there from from the years of injuries but no still looking to uh, to crack on with it and, and to be honest there was there was still a glimmer of hope for a decent move I went to Shrewsbury still whether it was naively to Still, still, still to get back up there. Yeah. That was still in my. And there was, there was a couple of things which were maybe, you know, could have been like worth the while dropping down. And because I didn't do too badly at Shrewsbury, I had a lot of injuries, and there was. T- I watched. I, 
I didn't know that you'd finished after shoes, but yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll let you crack on. I won't yeah, no, interrupt you yeah. like Ravs all the time. <laughs> but this is a complimentary one. Oh, What's one of your games for Shrewsbury? We worked a game for TV at Cardiff. Ah, okay, yeah. And you were still the Zach of old. You were still oh, in there, mate. Thank you. Yeah, but that's you're how I felt. Appreciate it. I think we won that game, didn't we? Yeah. One, I think 1-0. One, 1-0. One nil, one nil. And it was in the cup. There's probably, I think it was a crowd of about... 36 people watching <laughs> <laughs> in that big stadium, but yeah. brilliant. And it was, I was buzzing just seeing that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, cheers, mate, yeah. But obviously, that was maybe that was an exception to your time towards the end, or no? Uh, no, I think I still put in performances, and I'll be, I'll be honest, I found it hard. The bigger games like that against bigger teams. You know, the Cardiff should be beat Chef Wednesday in the Cup. You know, we've the top of the leagues in League One. We've got good results against. I felt it got more out of me. And it's, it was hard. Some of the games on a Tuesday night in front of 36 people. Yeah. Well, that was it. You know, Cardiff's ground in a, a big game. Yeah. It was hard to sort of really dig deep. And don't get me wrong, I could, you know, like, like you could, you could sort of tick over and get through it and I think that there's a mentality of doing it to get through this game and when's the next sort of game that you know scouts will be watching to get me and that probably didn't that mindset probably didn't help and I got comfortable in those games uh, but and to be honest Shrewsbury I left Shrewsbury plenty of injuries and I can understand why they wouldn't want me still there because of the risk of injury and they wanted younger players the value and all that so Going back to it, over the summer I thought, yeah, there's still a couple of sniffs there, different options, not not a lot, I mean some faded out, but I could have carried on playing, there, was a, there would have been something there, but broke down, running, sort of keeping fit, uh, literally, I felt like my calf popped basically, Yeah. I thought, right, okay, strain, that'll do a few weeks, bit of a pain in the arse, but I'll deal with it, a few weeks turned to months and it was basically just it was almost like my leg had seized up calf had just like tightened up and it all started turning to sciatica and drop foot my foot couldn't you know lift my foot properly it was it was a, a nervous issue of some sort and I just couldn't get to the bottom of it I saw nerve specialists and uh, different doctors again and that and they were like your back's fine there's not no trapped nerve and there was no real, and this was like February, March now, and I, th- I thought I'd done everything I could to get back, and it was still nowhere near even getting better. And I just thought, after a career of similar injuries and frustration, how long am I going to put myself through it? I got to a point in Feb, March where I was. So you came exhausted. out and said, retired, job done? Yeah, I've never come out and said I've retired, to be fair. I, again, I don't think anyone would be that bothered. If they saw a big, long, emotional social media post saying it was gone, but yeah, I'd made that decision then. But still, even so, after that, over the next few months, year, I don't know whether you got it, but I'd be like, "Come on, lad." Really? Yeah. And it didn't. It didn't leave me for a while. I was like, "Come on, have another go, have another go." So I'd, I'd be in the gym and I'd be trying to work it. And that's where sometimes maybe. If you would have put something out, you knew at the time, I'm struggling here. Mm. I don't want to carry on this being my life, constantly yeah. breaking down. Yeah. If you would have put something out, uh, you know, you might not be a big social media person, but 
bang, Zach Whitbread writes this and this and this, mm. Santa's the announced, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's more for you than other people. Yeah, as I can see why people do it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a finalisation for them. It's drawing that line, like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, I can see why they do that. And maybe I didn't... I don't think I would have done it anyway, but... I, I'm not saying they do it on purpose, though. You know, people do it for their own ego. And yeah, I think to come back and say, oh, I'm so sorry to hear. What a great career you had, yeah. But there'll be something in your subconscious that just says, it's done now. That's it, yeah. You know, whereas yeah. you just still carry... I was yeah. the opposite. My, my knee went for the last time. And I said after the fifth op, I was up at Inverness. If it goes again, I've said this before, if it goes again, um, I'm going to retire. Yeah. And then I carried on going for another couple of years, saw this guy who just helped me massively. And then at Falkirk, it went again. Mm. And I was like, I was on the physio bed where previously I'd been fucking close to tears, maybe phoning my old man and yeah, saying it's yeah. gone again. And um, when the sixth time, I was in the physio room, just smiling, I was fine because I knew it was done. That was it. It was a relief, innit? I, I, I had to say relief last, last week. But I couldn't officially retire, insurance reasons, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I, so I had to remain with Falkirk, but I said to the physio, listen, I'm not going to come back from this. Mm. So my rehab wasn't done properly yeah. as it would if I was properly coming back. Yeah. And it just meant that for a long time, until just recently, you know, there's a weakness there. Yeah. But it's, it's now that I feel stronger than when I, when I was playing. It's now because I've played a couple of charity games. Yeah. Basically, after, for a year after I retired, didn't do anything. Yeah. No gym, no nothing, needed mm. that time to get away from all yeah, that. Yeah. And then I craved a routine. Yeah. So I got back in the gym. Probably You're looking well, by the way, mate. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, really well. <laughs> Thank you, mate. I probably feel as good as I have. Yeah. One, I'm not running, yeah. which means my knee's not flat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and two, I've played a couple of charity games thinking, oh, I've got this a chance oh. in my back. Anyone <laughs> in the crowd fancy a bit? But then I've got to look back, I've got to analyse that in these charity games I'm playing with like 50 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> so of course I'm standing out. Yeah, but it's funny though, isn't it? It's still, I don't think that feeling ever goes. There's a charity game I've got in the summer and I haven't done any, I've probably ran three, four times since I finished playing. So I'm going to have to have a little sort of, and I go to the gym, like you, routine. I go to the gym, probably the best I've felt since God knows when. Do you know what I mean? It's funny, isn't it? When you finish playing, you feel physically your best. Uh, so I've got this this game. I'm going to have to get fit. You know, I need a few months. What game? Hmm. Uh, Russ and Wes, you in? I'm in. Thank yes. <laughs> I'm in. I was on the phone. Who's team? So, uh, Russ. Oh, lovely. Who are you? Yeah. Russy. Yeah. yeah. So oh, basically, it's gonna, it's gonna be magic. Hey, this this might be exclusive news. I might be first. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you might. Yeah, there's a game. We, we haven't said their second names. There's a, there's a game. Russ Smith and involves uh, Russ Smith <laughs> and Wes Johnson, right? So there's gonna be a game in the summer. You know, a nice little game. And I was on the blow with one of them. Yeah. And he said, "Do you fancy a runner?" I mean. Hey, if I'm on the bench, I'm on the bench, mate. I don't care. But I thought to myself when he was listing off who's going to be playing, oh, this is not going to be like that one with the 50 year olds. I was just good. I'm going to have to. Safety, is I'm it? I'm going to have to get in shape. That's, that's the thing, it's going to be lads who are still playing. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done anything for two years. Like, literally, I walk up the stairs and I'm blowing. Yeah. That's where I'm at at the minute. It's like pretty embarrassing. Yeah. So I need to. I'm, I'm going to have to start a jam and have a good few months run on it. But then you can't do too much, otherwise you'll... Can you break down again? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Imagine. Russ, sorry, mate, pulled, pulled me out of me. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you're not even playing. You'll still be there, don't you? Because oh, when man, you listed yeah. off some names, yeah. I thought, 
this has got piss up written. Yeah, oh yeah, that, that's that was mentioned as well, and that was big set. <laughs> it's a Isn't nice it? little weekend. Uh, I suppose that leads us on to, um, you know, your piss up. Piss up. There's, there's many things we could talk about here, Zach. Yeah. Um, but you're almost a changed man these days. I am, mate. Yeah. It's. Uh... Go on. What's the reason behind that? Then? So, for anyone listening, this man that I'm facing right now, looking dead in the eye. Loved a night out. Yeah, it's not, like, it's not on, the guy you knew. When he was on a night out, he was on it. You know, I enjoyed and, it. Man. What was your nickname? I think Hank, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, you, yeah, no, you it was Hank. Hank. You, I, you, I think you got Frank. You were giving nah, Frank the tank, weren't you? Was I giving you a Frank the tank? But yeah, I think so. From the, the Hank's more renowned oh, due before. to the. Yeah, and still now, so Hank still <laughs> still lives on in people's memories. So Frank What's the, the tank film is old school. Yeah. Yeah. So is that Will Ferrell just got gets steamy yeah, and just like different streaks man. and so that you're Frank the Tank to me and yeah. Hank is off me myself and Irene. Yeah. So schizophrenic. Jim, Jim Carrey basically split personality. <laughs> <laughs> Real nice guy. You know, wouldn't say boo to a goose when you have another drink. When he has a drink, he's yeah, loose cannon. But yeah, so, loose, so before man. we get into why you've why you've um, you know. Not that you're not drinking at all. No, I'm you've, still. You've had to change a little bit. Yeah. Why were you such a loose cannon? Was it just like Frank the Tank, the taste of it on your lips? <laughs> just, it was so so juicy. Oh yeah, I didn't enjoy it. It was. Uh, I didn't. You, you was know, it, you don't it enjoy it when it's five o'clock in the morning and you're still, you know, chugging down. You're probably blue wickers that time, isn't it? Because you're in some dingy little yeah. rave and there's blue and orange wicker, and you're yeah. just like. Ah. <laughs> VKs, <laughs> VKs, yeah, yeah. There's bad time. So why was I like that? But I enjoyed it. I mean, it was probably a culture. It was started quite, you know, quite young. Like I suppose most people enjoyed the crack with the lads when I was out, uh, out and about. Then you know, went to Liverpool, and I mean, you couldn't get away with it now, without doubt. There's no way, and the lads wouldn't do it anyway. The young boys of today, especially at clubs at Liverpool and whatnot. But. I mean, the, the lads enjoyed a drink, some more than others, and me being one of the others, I think. I moved out of the house, so my family house, probably about 17. Uh, went and lived with a, a mate closer to Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Just a way of fitting in as well. Just a, having, a, having a beer in your hand, a night out, to fit in with yeah. the boys you're playing with. Yeah, I'm actually, actually, I'm probably wrong there because you weren't you weren't someone that wanted to fit in. Yeah, you, I was quite you, happy you sort of on the, the yeah the outskirts. So I, a lot of people on nights out they want to go out to be with this guy or this guy. This guy's the star player in the team or yeah. something. Whereas you would you'd be with a group of the the young lads from the youth team. Yeah, yeah, taking I'm, them under your wing. Yeah, I did quite enjoy <laughs> did quite enjoy that. It was almost I suppose when I was at Liverpool, some some of the older boys there, you know, who were. It was similar. We spent time with the young lads, and it was like, wow, you know, that you could see they enjoyed it more with the young lads as opposed to some of the yeah. the egos. Not to say that Norwich there was any that. egos, but at Liverpool there was, and I think some of the boys were like, I don't want to be around them. I'd rather be with the young lads. I'm the crack. You know, talking just rubbish about, and they're not talking cars and money. It's, it was just go and do something silly over there, and yeah. and we'll, we'll all have a laugh. Uh, so that went on through Liverpool. Yeah, I was. Away from home, live with a mate who was a student. Uh, as I say, not good advice. Just enjoyed it, and it wasn't really a problem. I got away with it. You hit that age, and you can just run. Yeah. No bothers. You, you know, no injuries. I was just that's fine. Just, and that's how it was. Then there was a lot of 
especially lower league clubs, that was just the norm. So I went on to to Millwall, and the culture there was standard Tuesday after training. Yeah, come on, we'll go out for for a beer. So it was almost like ingrained in me then. And but I suppose you, the question you asked was why did I probably go that extra extra mile? I think when I was out and drinking. Again, probably something just within me. But as my career went on, there was with the injuries, there was probably more and more <coughs> things getting on top of me. Without me, sort of, and uh, you know, I feel I can take a lot onto me, onto my chest. Mm. And but that was my release. release. I think you speak to a lot of people or players, and that's similar. It was the, you know, uh, most weeks were rehab. Yeah and not playing in the game on the Saturday and going to the game, watching the game you want to be involved in. And then it's like, you've got a Sunday off, so it's like, and it's a tough week, isn't it, when you're rehabbing. People just think you're sat on your, your, your arse getting ultrasound. It's a... Mentally, me, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, mentally, yeah. So there, there's, there was mental... There was tough mental times throughout my career. Uh, I mean... Me worse. A couple, a couple of times it's probably gone too far where it's blown up a little bit, where it's like it's blown up. Something's happened due to the drink where it's people that people have had to sit up and take notice and yeah. go, wow, that's that's gone a bit too far. Rain it in. Not some you know, not necessarily have done something towards someone else. I mean, I think you you'll bring it up anyway, eventually, won't you? The the ferry. Well, yeah. So out in Liverpool, it was around a tough time. Being injured a lot at, at Norwich, uh, so yeah, out and about in Liverpool, got wasted. Do you know what I mean, like literally, just there was no control. I think that's what there was. There was no control. I couldn't control. I just thought, like, I put myself out there to be eaten up. Uh, yeah, basically. Next thing I knew, table like this. Head down, lift me head up. Pint of Guinness in front of me. I was like, oh, where am I now? But it was a big, loud, <laughs> and I would live with me forever. Looked around, I mean, like it's you know, like a loungy area like this. I thought, yeah. oh, fuck, what booze am I in here? <laughs> the windows, there's, there's nothing out of those windows. It's just sky. Where am I? <laughs> and I was a mess. You could just see other people had stood up to like looking at me like. You really don't know where you are. Walked yeah. <laughs> out onto the what I thought was a balcony, which would look down onto a, a road full of traffic. Yeah, it, was just, it was choppy waves. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a ferry, and I was like, "Where are we off to?" I didn't know at the time. <laughs> I had to ask someone behind the bar. Where's this going to, mate? Belfast. <laughs> Seven hours. Yeah. Seven hours to Belfast. I didn't. I thought it was on the map. It's only about that big, isn't it? Seven hours it took, and then obviously got to Belfast about must have been like five o'clock in the afternoon. You gotta get back. I'll get back. <laughs> <laughs> so again, getting come off the, the boat and the docks, and then again another sound of seagulls. You know, when it's a low ebb in is, your life, is that why you don't want to go outside? I was curled up in a ball listening to your podcast last week with those crows. Just those. Oh, I got off and it was like, oh, just went through me. 45 minute taxi ride to the airport. Yeah. 
Went to this airport, only had my driving licence. Went to the first airport, went to try and get a flight back home, and he was like, we can't accept you with the, the driving licence, or there may not have been a flight to Manchester from that airport. So anyway, there's another airport, sent me packing half an hour to some other airport. Get to the other airport, get the flight, get sorted, so sat around waiting, I think the flight was at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. And you can imagine how you feel, still in your going out gear, flight at 11, you obviously during this time I've been speaking to my parents, my, my, my girlfriend, you know, now wife, who's just like, there was little things which have happened before, like not again. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of reflection. That day is a, is a day full of reflection and self-loathing. And it's self-loathing. It's self-loathing. I can. There's definitely that. You feel terrible. You just. I think you feel bad that you have to do a drink anyway. You're just like down and it's like people call it. Do they get the the horrors of? This was a real horror show that yeah. day, and then. Uh, to be honest, there was, I had training the next day. I don't know. Really? Yeah, yeah. For Training was on the Monday Shrewsbury. for Norwich. Norwich. No, okay. this is that far back. Okay. So I think a few of the, the Yeah, of course. I think a few of the last knew. And I had to get back, back down to Norwich. So usually I would leave uh, sort of northwest at about seven o'clock, drive down, get there for eleven or whatever whatever. So if I'm getting in at twelve back to I think it was Speak Airport, I was like, I can't do a five hour drive now yeah. like this, so it was just Monday morning, I can't remember. I can't remember what I said. But I don't think it was ill because they would have pulled me in. Yeah. So I think I said, "Oh, something's gone on, sort of back home." So I need to be well. Yeah, I need to be. It's a horrible one. You know, you never want to use that excuse. No, but it was one of those times where I was like, "This." I think I said I'd been out with my missus and we'd got into a bit of a fight, and yeah, something had happened to her, so she took the she took the heat. Yeah, it never nothing was mentioned of it, but you get down to training on the Tuesday and you can't help. Lads end up lads know, don't they? The lads in the dressing room do. You you just end up not being able to help yourself. No, you you tell yeah. one person. <laughs> but, but has it ever come back to you how you got on that ferry? No. My mate who uh, one of my best mates said he, he, there was a half marathon on the, the Sunday morning. My last uh, the last sighting of me was walking down the dock road in Liverpool and he was in the car driving to the start of this half marathon. It must have been about half, six, seven. And he's driven past me, seeing me sort of skulking down the road. And he just said, he knows what, Zachy's going to get it, half, six, seven in the morning. Leave him to it, he's probably just looking for yeah. somewhere to go and have another drink. So he just left me, but that was my last sighting, walking down the dock road, obviously in direction of at the ferry terminal. But that's the scary thing. Anything could have happened in that that period. Because it is that there was blackouts and it was like I, I literally did end up there. That didn't happen every week. Real bad blackouts, but it happened quite a lot where eventually my wife was like and there was another another little incident where she was like, right, that's it, you need to it's dangerous, anything could happen. You could have you know, you fall off the ferry, you get run over. So there was a, there was a lot of things which Eventually led me to right. I've just got. To, I've got to stop this. It doesn't agree with me. Yeah. Uh, and I need some control. So and I found it. I found it fortunately easy. Yeah. I think I've wanted that. I just needed to sort of deal with how I dealt with with the injuries and speaking a little bit more, sort of opening up. 
Um, and once it wasn't hard, so there was never a problem. It was never like an alcohol problem where I needed feeding by it. Yeah. It was just the control and just a way to sort of restructure my mind towards it. And ever since then, it's been fine. So um, even towards Norwich, it did start from then. I don't know. I think you'd gone by then, but when we sort of got to the, the Premier League, we had a good blowout getting promoted. Yeah. And then halfway through that Premier League season, up probably at the start, I thought, I don't know. I don't know. Don't want any regrets. You have one chance at this. One chance, no regrets. That's what you've worked. Here. You've started off at Liverpool, hasn't worked out. Yeah. And then your whole career then is building up to try and get back up at yeah. to the highest level, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that was it. There was, there was no way I could look back 20 years from now and go, I was out on the lash every week, and what if, you know, could I? What player could I have been? I knew that year. I found out what my level was. Yeah. And it's great, and it? as long as you know that, as long as you can place yourself and know that, not kid yourself. Or could I have done any better? Or so that was fine. And, and throughout that season, and funny enough, I think throughout that season at stages, without having the drink to be able to sort of uh, fix things in my head, there was a slight change of I felt a little bit more didn't feel as relaxed. Yeah, it was a little bit more. You had to talk to people as opposed to the booze maybe being your release. Yeah, yeah, to talk to people. Yeah, but even going into, you know, if it, obviously it was weeks and weeks and weeks and months on end where I didn't have a drink. And there was still that, even though I was speaking to people, you know, sort of family, speaking to people more, but there was still that bit of uptightness, you know, where, and you feel that on a football pitch as well. Yeah. You feel a little bit more. <laughs> Whereas early on it was like, whatever, you know, that I was releasing on a Saturday, come Monday, I was just like, right, loose as a goose, ready to go again mentally, you know, to sort of graft this week. But yeah, I won't regret it, I had to do it. Uh, and then since then, just it's, it's once every, I'm probably out three, four times a year with the lads and, you know, controlled, yeah. enjoyable and, and have a laugh and without any drama. You've hit the nail on the head though, because I can imagine, I know, now, I think, why you got on that ferry mm. is because the bar would have been open. Ireland? Yeah. Oh, what, on the ferry? Right, OK, yeah. Okay. Is that, I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, in yeah. My, or maybe it was in my head, I've, I've looked back and thought, Ireland, I don't think I wanted to, you know, I just thought, Ireland, I'm going to go all day Sunday, ah, Okay. drinks. Because you are... You, it's, it's almost like you, an escape. You were always one who, like, me, I can go out, I can get, I can get steam in, but I know if I hit a limit... Yeah. I want my bed. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. over. I, yeah. I I recognise when it's over. I'll do a dog in the fog. I'll say, oh, boy, I'll yeah. I'm just on the phone. Someone's f- yeah, pretend yeah. to be on the phone, and then I'm out of the club, pub, yeah. and I'm in a taxi. I go home. Yeah. I enjoy that now. I enjoy being that guy. Okay. But, yeah. but then back then, you were always you'd you would ultimately you'd you'd usually be the last man standing. Yeah. 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 Me, me, me and I'll be. I'll be Will Bram. He was the, he was a creature. He was always. <laughs> Lurking about with me at that hour. <laughs> he's a blizzard, isn't he? What a man! Oh yeah, he's a top. What a top, top. You man. need him on here. He'll be a good. That's one. a great shout. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't spoke to him in a long time. You know what? Have you seen he, a picture of him? Oh, if, uh, yeah, I saw him. Oh, have I? Seen the hair on him? Oh my god! He's somehow like he's, he's seventeen, doesn't he? <laughs> Beard on him. Yeah. He's, fresh. Has he got some fresh gnashes? Oh yeah, fresh. He had the fresh gnashes. He's a different Norwich. character. Man. Remember his teeth when he first came to Norwich? What were they like? 
all over. Yeah. Pointing in all directions. I remember, do you remember uh, uh, Wardy when Wardy got his done? Yeah, yeah. So obviously Wardy, um, he's obviously baby he, teeth, didn't he? Yeah, he had little baby teeth. Yeah. But then the next time I saw him, obviously it goes from one to the other. Yeah. You've got to see him the next time with his with his. And he went big as well. He went. Oh big my god! <laughs> he went for it. <laughs> went Wardy big. attacked him. Yeah. He said, "Nah, this is me now." <laughs> he he said, hell! Can't close his mouth. Can't he have you picture you see him? He's like. Good for him. Yeah, Good oh yeah, him. he's looking well. Obviously, I can't as well. Yeah, we can't so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it's mad seeing him first off. Another one, Steve Warnock, who used to play with these, and he got them done by my mate. And he's gone. You know, like when you go tone it down to like, so you still got a little bit of yellow yeah. in there. Not like porcelain tile white. Really? Right? Yeah, it's like really. Like Ross on Friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it's like. You're speaking to him and it's like just light glinting off them. Good spell at Norwich. Yeah, you know, you best describe it there to get into the Premier League. Yeah. Oh man, the best uh, <clears throat> period of my career for a lot of reasons. With obviously we were successful. We had a great group. Best manager I've played under in my my eyes. Uh, beautiful club. Beautiful part of the world. Loved it. I, I wish I could have stayed there. I, you know, pe- people talk about loyalty and that. I, I could have stayed there for the rest of my career. I mean, but obviously that's not, not, not the way it works. You um, did you sign at the end of the promotion from League One? Did you come on loan? No, I came in the. Did you come in the, the summer? Jan. Okay. The Jan of your League One season. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought to myself, I, I don't think Zach came in the summer, like ready for the championship. You were there before, definitely. Yeah, because the, the League One season you started. Paulie, didn't you? The seven-one yeah. defeat. Did you play? Yes, I did. <laughs> that was my debut. <laughs> it's something I've spoke to, spoke about plenty. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. The, the, you heard about yeah. the seven-one. Hey, it could be a new listener. You know, somebody in the world that I haven't <laughs> told. Debut for Norwich, big club, yeah. oh, twenty-six thousand. Yeah. You know, just got relegated. Was it relegated just the year rele- before? We were going to walk it, mate. So many new yeah, signs, favourites for the league, and good players then. Yeah, you know, obviously because big coin they, dished they out, weren't they? Big Gunny was dishing out big contracts back then. Bit of cash, three-year contract. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, with increases, double double oh. my wages with promotions. We got back-to-back promotions, regardless of how many games I played. Amazing. Carlsberg agent. No, he's still best mate with your agent. God bless you, Gunny. <laughs> still good mate yeah, no, I saw him the other week. But it was, yeah. And then we lost, lost my debut seven-one. That was yeah. pretty much the the end of my Norwich career, really. <laughs> but I, I clung, I clung on, hung yeah. around. Oh, you were still around for the duration. So when, when was it you left again? After promotion. Well, promotion, promotion to, the to the Premier League, League, and then obviously they've got to name a twenty-five man squad, which I wasn't in. Yeah. Um, I had to train by myself pre-season. There was how many of us were there? Not by myself, five or six. Mm. Uh, who'd it have been? McNamee, Ollie Johnson, myself, Gilead gone. And this is the, the start of the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Really? So it was like the likes of Ollie Johnson still, still had contracts. Um, just waiting to be paid up, basically. Yeah. You, you know, but unbelievable squad to be involved in. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, it was. And you, you know, you were a big part of it. The boys who weren't, you and like of Gilly and obviously Lambert would. Did say so himself. You know, yeah. you were massive part in the uh, Nels, massive parts of like. People don't realise, do they? Really, no. they, they don't appreciate. They see, they see if you're not in the team that you're worthless to the club. Yeah. And to a certain extent, you you feel that, mm. but you still got a part to play because when Lambert came in, 
he obviously didn't fancy me as a player. Yeah. You know, down the pecking order and wanted to get rid. He didn't mm. know me. Yeah. So, you know, his treatment of me was as such really. Yeah. Nothing nasty. Yeah. Not like he was with the keeper. Big Theo. <laughs> no. um, you know, he was fine, but he wanted me out. Simple, yeah. understandable. And then over time, he saw that I'd gone alone here and there. I was willing. I wanted to play. Mm. You know, I wasn't willing to just just sit so, there yeah, yeah. and pick up my cash. And he respected that and got us involved in the squad a little bit more, didn't he? Yeah. Well, I think and I think he must have realised from you know coming and watch from the outside the per- peripherals of it all. And, and you and Gilly and Nels were the. I'm trying to think who else was in there. Pretty much the the heartbeat. The dressing room, weren't you, for, for a crack and for banter and for sort of making people feel good. So, uh, without doubt, there was it would have been silly for him to completely dis- yeah. disregard you boys. And, and and I often think you guys probably wouldn't have wanted to do it, but to have players like you, and obviously you boys can play. I'm not sort of sitting here going. Oh, it was great to have you clowns about. Yeah, yeah. You boys could play as well. That was Otherwise, you just get three stand-up comedians in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You boys could seriously play. But and then I think we started the year in the Premier League that year. You did see the sort of change. And listen, everyone was good lads, but there's the change of personality that comes in, which the, so the time we had in the Championship and that that real camaraderie and we were similar weren't we everyone in that dressing room yeah. was pretty similar we were all very hungry we'd all no one had really had the taste of getting that high in the, yeah. the leagues and all similar good honest lads and the lads who came in were honest in the Premier League they were just of a different is it money though can we just put that down to money because I know that Norwich if that's the example we're using Norwich got relegated before I signed for them, yeah. so Championship to League One, and they had to get rid of so many players yeah. that I'm not saying they were bad eggs. I don't know them. You, you know, lads like Adam Drury will say so and so is a good lad, great yeah. lad, blah blah blah. But it was just different. And then the, the guys who they then recruited to build that next squad up yeah. were just genuine good guys. Yeah. Yeah. Loved, just loved each other's company. Yeah. But then the high, they, they almost didn't learn from their mistakes. Yeah. How you go, slowly but surely, you pay out in bigger money. Yeah. And the players just, they're there. It's business, isn't it? It is business for them. And, you know, most of them are good players. And I'd argue, with the ones they brought in over the years since that group, are they better than what they had mm. in the group of lads that we had in the championship and going up? Yeah. I'd argue. I think you get to a point in football where if you're getting paid 40 grand a week by a mid-table Premier League club and not playing. Yeah. Almost the teams which have come up into the Premier League who, I mean, we were doing all right at that point. We finished 12th that year. But in the chief exec's head and the manager's head, we need to consolidate. So in their, in my mind, straight line thinking is, well, let's go and get, he's at West Brom. He's you know, 40 grand a week. We need to spend more money. And you're almost doing it, spending money for the sake of Showing people, yeah, we're having a go here, yeah, doesn't necessarily mean that player's any better than the guy who's just been Being replaced. booted out the back door, yeah. And then in that case, you're losing the camaraderie and the, the honest lads. And I think from there, obviously, I didn't watch it too closely, but never looked the same. And I think it was a, a bit of a, a downhiller from there, wasn't it? I don't yeah. think there was much. Obviously, they got promoted again, and you know, looking from the outside, that looked a good. A good squad hmm. of lads, and they seem to have enjoyed it. 
yeah, I don't think you can underestimate. Again, like you said, with Raydon, a group of boys together. And this, I, I've mentioned Lambo and that as well. I think he was... He was classic. He was... Uh, he made it all tick, didn't he? Above it. The lads were there and he... When I first signed, he said, you know, I want a team full of basically captains and, and good lads and, and hungry lads. And he got that. So that was his sort of vision. Yeah. But And then obviously the, the, the lads sort of all gelled naturally. But he still had to be clever in an... He was the driving was, force. He was the right? driving force. He was, he was infectious. He was... And he had me. I've never been... I think it's the only time I've really been hypnotised by a manager where he had me under a spell. Yeah. And I would have run through a brick wall from yeah. genuinely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as it, there was times when he really sort of... <sighs> did me wrong or did things that was like, oh, it's pissed me off that. But, yeah, I, I loved him. It was like a relationship yeah. Do anything for you. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. Forget that. Yeah, I'll go again for you. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. From he's, he's like because I didn't play under him that that much at all. People then on the outside who know me think that I hate him, mm. or they think they have to hate him. Yeah. So it'd be if Lambert gets sacked in another job after that. Yeah. Ah, hey, yeah. great, great yeah, news. Yeah, hey, Lambert's yeah. been sacked, and I'm like, no, I loved him. Yeah. Loved him. Yeah. One of the best managers I've worked under. Yeah. Um, Who's the best you've worked under? Well, I I put them in different brackets. Like I put Roberto Martinez, footballing wise, Mm. no one better. And that was his first job, so I know he bullshitted the Everton fans and took some stick for it. But Mm. like unbelievable footballing manager. And then Lambert for motivational and getting the best out of players. He wasn't tactical, but he wasn't really a footballing. No, no, he did no coaching. And he and he did rule by fear. But it was a it was a funny funny fear, fear funny fear exactly, because yeah. because the team was doing well. Yeah. So you just like if he was going to fine you, the fine list was crazy. You know, two hundred pound cash if you were caught on your phone, then promoted to the championship. That went up to four hundred. <laughs> you're like if you get caught just looking at the time on your phone. Yeah. As he's walking through the dressing room. Yeah. He, he wants that four hundred pound in cash that day. <laughs> you can't take four hundred out of the bank. Yeah. You've got to go rent. to the bank. If it just vibrates, if he walks through the dressing room and your phone vibrates, what was he like? What was that? What was that? What was that? Yeah. And he'd find out, wouldn't he? Go deep. Yeah, yeah. After training, the path he, he had to walk through the dressing room in Colney yeah. to get from the training pitch. He didn't have to, but he obviously wanted to. Yeah. And sometimes you wouldn't know he was there. I I never got caught on my phone, but you'd see lads. Like just sneaking into their locker, just to have a quick little look, and then as they turn around, he's on their he shoulder, his head, yeah, and then he'd just say, four hundred quid." Yeah. And, and walk like, out. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> he was good. He was so good at it, though. Yeah. Where, where you didn't feel like it was, ah, oh, you know, bastard. Like, I hate you. Why are you there on my shoulder? Why are you being? Because some players in different, and and this is what we've just talked about. He's probably tried that in different places. Yeah. He's probably gone to Villa maybe and tried that, and they're looking Absolutely. at him thinking, no, I'm not getting yeah. fucking 400 quid. Yeah. And then it's a problem then yeah. if you haven't got that group of lads who are willing to mm. to run along with it. Yeah, well, that's with his style, and, that's, and you know, he's obviously gone on with different clubs, and as you say, I think he'd find it hard to do that at yeah. a big club. You just can't. But he had the lads, that, and that's why it was so magic. Yeah. His style just gelled with us boys, and, you know, well... Whether it's sad that he'd have to change as a manager, if he, you know, his next club, if it was a big club, it is a shame. It's a shame because it was, it, it's magic, and it, no other manager, you know, 
I've seen as that, you know, almost an endearment about him, where it was like, you just you want to play for him, but yet you're scared stiff of him. Yeah. I used to get so nervous around him at times, if he was talking to me. Yeah. I'd call him me. <laughs> and he'd find you, probably. <laughs> That's a fucking tenner. Did you just call me me? You call me me. 20 quid. 20 quid. <laughs> <laughs> what about I still I still um, love him as a guy yeah. even though he probably gave me one of the biggest shifts in squad numbers <laughs> known to, like you all, you always see the the, uh, the shift down when you're a young player and you're number 47 you, know, you, you become a pie number 15 it's a big jump yeah. I went from number 7 to 33 <laughs> and that doesn't mean You've got to move lockers. <laughs> oh, you're on the other. So I was in the hub of everything, yeah. and then I had to move all the way around to the other side, sitting next to the Jens. Kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, Gaffer, that's. I mean, I get it. I know why. Yeah. I'm I'm not in your plans at all. But that's a big <laughs> jump up. Man. It's a long way, mate. Isn't it? You are out there. Because seven, I'm guessing you're in that little corner, weren't you? Fucking Crofty took it. I'm gonna do yeah. a, I'm gonna do a uh, podcast with Crofty soon. Yeah. He took my number, mate. <laughs> yeah, mate. Crofty just ended. He wouldn't have said much, but he'd have enjoyed yeah. being there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> some cracking lads, mate. It was a class time, yeah. and we had we had some good nights out, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, the you the, know yeah we, Vegas celebrations were we hit super platinum lace, did we? <laughs> we, we, we were good What's for that? business. Is that, is, is that the uh, little? That's the brewery. brewery yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, it's like a little sports bar. Beautiful sports I, bar. I used to enjoy there. Made a good, um, a good little lemonade. <laughs> yeah. And then Las Vegas. Yeah. Because oh, I, yeah. I say the story. I managed to get myself on to the Las Vegas trip. Yeah. Was it which one was that? Was yeah. that the one when we stayed in the? Yeah, I saw I saw you the year after actually, but that was that was yeah. the one where we we stayed in Planet Hollywood. Uh, yeah. So what was that after? The yeah. Promotion? To the to the Premier League that was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was Planet Hollywood. Yeah. You with me? Yeah. So yeah. Planet Hollywood. I was there. I'd made two appearances that season. Yeah. One off the bench. And the, and the other one was a start that I got dragged out. <laughs> oh, no. But I was there in Vegas. Yeah. Um, you Simeon Jackson. Nope. Just didn't turn up in the morning. We had John Ruddy, wasn't there, oh, played Rogers, every single game. Yeah. His missus didn't let him go. No, and Jacko had like played a big part. Those goals that he scored. It wasn't there. Just I think he was down to come. And then in the morning, just didn't turn up. Yeah, Jacko was a bit like that, wasn't he? Nights out, he didn't really that he wanted, probably wanted to go home. He had he had about twenty birds on the go back in Canada, didn't he? <laughs> Good trip, wasn't he? Oh my god. If you can yeah, it's one of those memories that will stick with you. If you're going to celebrate, and you can imagine the, the lads like us yeah. getting promoted to the Premier League. Oh my, I mean, it's still the, you know, uh, there's no better, well, there is a better feeling. I'm not going to go as far as to say as Ravo, where he said winning the cup. I mean, I've had kids and a wife, and it's better than them. I'm like, what? Steady, lad. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Wife's listening to the podcast. Kids, little yeah, yeah. five-year-old kids. Gather around. Love you, Daddy. Oh, oh thanks, Dad. <laughs> so, yeah, nowhere near that. The kids and the missus, obviously. But, yeah, to get promoted, that's, I can't imagine... And not many footballers go through the career and have that A bit of success. You know, uh, something to celebrate. There's a lot of players who are just mid-table teams yeah. who are just, you know... So, yeah, to be able to have that celebration with the, the group of boys and in Vegas so I'd never been before so it was like yeah Hanky was just 
bright eyed. Loving it, wasn't he? Yeah, I didn't funny little st- not, not a story, but so we we went pretty hard, didn't we? We went went for it. I didn't really eat that. I remember having about four chicken nuggets the whole four days we were there, just too busy in, like drinking. The wet republic. Yeah, good food there. Yeah. Good, good chicken, chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets, lobster. <laughs> but we needed to spend the bar bill, didn't we? There was a certain amount. Yeah. And we did. We, an hour to go, we didn't spend it, so we were getting like lobster over, weren't we? Not even eating it. Anyway, so we yeah, had four days, and uh, you know what? We're talking about. I'll be before Aaron Wilgram. So this was like the last day, not eating. And I'll be, I was rooming with him. He was like, look, I'm going to have to get him a bite to eat. So I was like, he's got me out of bed and I'm on the edge of my bed. And he's got me like a little burrito or something. Yeah. <laughs> not knowing, he's like videoing it. And I'm like, can't really get much of a nibble on. So I'm like, like a little turtle, just like, like on the end, <laughs> on my deathbed. And he's videoing it from somewhere. Next minute, I know, get downstairs. Albie Love's like editing all his photos and done. He was in charge of all the WhatsApp group. Yeah. And he's got it on there, like, with the Philadelphia. You know the Tom Hanks Philadelphia? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one. That's got, the, that got the background of me, just like. Tom Hanks has got AIDS. <laughs> that was you. But yeah, that was me that last day. I took it to lengths of. Oh. I remember. Yeah, I felt, felt poor. We yeah, had, we hit, had, I've, been, I've been three times to Vegas and every single time there comes a point, maybe day three or four, where, where I, can't, I can't go anymore. Because yeah. you've got the pool parties in the day and then you're out in the clubs in the night. Yeah. And it just gets to a point, all, all three times, where I've been in a restaurant and I'm asleep. Yeah. You know, I'm That's reading good. the menu. I'd, I'd love that and then my head's on the table, you know, because it just wipes you out completely. Yeah. Oh. And then you've, you've got the, the sort of change in time as well, haven't you? Yeah. you sort of, that hits you, the jet lag, so it's... And it messes you coming back home as well, because you've gone through that rigmarole of drinking, and for two weeks afterwards, you're just a mess. So you, you've basically got to have a spare two weeks to go to Vegas yeah, for, you do, for you? two, three days. I remember the year after, you boys were there, I'd moved, I'd moved on, mm. and I was there. I was in Vegas with my mates and Gilly and and Wardy, for, right? And uh, we met up with you boys in a yeah, club. Yeah, yeah. You, you you might re- you might remember, and what it was, Daniel Ayala by that time was renting my house in Norwich. Right, so yeah. He was living in my house. Yeah. And then when he'd first come, I'd pre- he'd said, you know, what comes with the house? And I said, oh, sorry, mate, I'm moving <laughs> to Scotland. Everything's come, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's a fridge freezer in integrated in the kitchen. I'm taking my washing machine uh, and I'm taking the tumble dryer. Yeah. So that was it. No problem at all. You think fair enough, would you? You know, buy your own pal. It's white goods or no white goods. There was no white goods, pal. And then when we were in Vegas, you uh, you'd come up to me and say, "Fucking hell, he's been having you off saying uh, complaining that there's no white goods." So I'd come up to him. He was he was apparently the quietest guy ever, wasn't he? Until like, Vegas, most professional guy ever. What a loose Until cannon. Vegas, oh my god. So I've gone up to him and said, "Hey, hey, Alan." What's this problem you got with me with the white goods? <laughs> and he just bursts out laughing. He's like, ah, Zach with me. Yeah. As well as his face, like, face, like eyes just—he just changed so much. On Have that you ever trip. seen he's anyone an change no. as much? He's definitely got a bit of hank in him. Definitely his face, and he'd like scream. We were at one pool party, and he was just a bottle of vodka. He was just like just swigging it, shots, and we thought, "Go on, keep feeding him." Yeah, About yeah. ten shots yeah. of vodka. He was like, like facials, he's like possessed man, and he was. He took it though. He didn't. He didn't sort of 
waver after that. He was pretty, but yeah. Besides that, back into football, he was professional. He was squatting 200 kgs four times a day. Do you know what I mean? He was just do anything he could to play. He's, he's done well, hasn't he? All of this Las Vegas nights out. It just boils down to footballers being stuck in that male environment, 25 to 30, testosterone everywhere. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a release, don't you? From you, you do. I, I know I use yeah. that word again, but it's it's. That's why footballers binge drink, isn't it? Because you don't yeah. generally, some might, but in the week, work, 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 yeah. work, work. It might be once a month mm. when you're out. That's why sometimes footballers get in a bit of trouble. Yeah, and I think that, but I think that's probably for the general public as well. Yeah, people binge drink because you go. I mean, my mates are like it. They work all week doing whatever, you know, sort of laying tiles, or it's like you need something at the end of the week just to give you a bit of a spark or just to break it up almost because it does get quite monotonous so I can see why people go right come on Saturday night we get out and at the end of the day footballers are the same they have the same sort of emotions same feelings same frustrations and they just need you know different and again understand as you know people will use the, the point in saying well they've got loads of money they you know, shouldn't have those worries they shouldn't be but there's different there's so many different emotions and worries that you can be having you know and it's how people deal with them and some footballers just struggle to deal with them and you've got to find you've got to keep sort of trying to find a way to you know balance yourself out so where you're a bit more of a a balanced individual but when when did you Zach we, we've both had it I don't know how many you tell me how many career appearances you've had I, I don't know don't want to count I'd probably look if I hit two so two 200 say mm. give or take we both have the same problem with you get... No, I was saying... I'm the place you <laughs> Sorry, no, that was too easy. Um, you know, but we'll have it attached to us that we were injury prone from, for me, quite an early age. Yeah. You, probably the same. Yeah, but when did you start struggling? I, I had my first knee operation when I was 16. Really? Yeah, probably um, not that early. So with Banger then, a couple of broke my metatarsal twice. Yeah. Um, so from from a really early that's age. just unfortunate isn't it the metatarsal <laughs> ones I've had a metatarsal as well it was probably a similar age yeah fractured my metatarsal like... came back there was no physio in Bangor yeah. came back too soon mm. and then half an hour in heard the crack went again so but then it, once that is stuck on you that attachment mm. to being injury prone yeah. you ain't getting rid of it mate no you've got no leverage ever how, how do you career. did you deal with that okay was that something you were comfortable with I, I wasn't comfortable with being injured I knew I would have got labelled with it, and I knew as my career went on, people were going to hold that against me. Uh, I was never. I never. Here's one for you, and I was thinking about this on the, on the car in because I knew we'd be talking about injuries. Your thoughts on you get injured, so on the Saturday you get injured, and then you're going in for treatment on the Sunday or the Monday when all the lads are coming in. Now. You've got to find, and then you're gutted. No matter who you are, you're gutted. No one wants to be injured. But you've got to find a balance of, do I go in head held high, putting on a bit of a, I'm fine, you know, this. And this is maybe after you've been injured like 10, 15 times in your career. Head held high, and it's like, no, I'm fine. I'm going to attack this. You see lads putting on Twitter, Instagram. I'm ready for the, the fight against this injury. I'll come back stronger. Do you think you bounce into training yeah lads I'm fine I'll be fine Everything, you know, it's going to be 12 weeks but I'll be fine it's work, hard work starting or you know obviously you go in like you know, not again injured again and you know, feel a bit sorry for yourself mm. if you go in all happy 
and you know really trying to show that you're motivated to get over this injury. Players and coaching staff will look at you and go, "He's taking the piss. He's, he's not happy, even asked. He's not even asked. Being happy being injured. He's not even asked being injured." And you go in feeling sorry for yourself and gutted, showing the emotion. I'm gutted. I hate being injured. I don't I want to be playing. They're like, "He's not. Men- he's mentally weak." Yeah. So it's like, where's that? Balancing act of how do you act? You're almost from the off having to put on a show of emotion to please the football club and the people around you so people don't think one way or another about it. And it's so hard because your emotions all over the place anyway after being in just I've been in like being in tears again on the phone just like that, sit on the treatment bed in tears. I've been everywhere with them. So then to go in on the Monday morning and you're almost like, how do I play this? Inside, you're like, you're broken, or you could be genuinely like, right, no one fights at this time. Right? Yeah, but it's like you go in and you, you, you feel yourself like, right, come on, it's fine. But then you can see lads going, you know, feel that's what you're thinking. Are they thinking, is he bothered? So it's, it's, a, it's a tough one, it's a tough one to be in. You're all so you're up against it, you're almost kidding your own emotions. You're never allowed to think how you want to think or feel how you want to feel. And I think that's a tough start to go with for me off and I think I'm I've had a lot of injuries you've had a lot of injuries you're you know a mentally strong lad and I feel I am I don't think you get to the point where you get to being mentally weak yeah. I think that gets banded about I'm not saying people will call me that but it does get thrown about in a dressing room uh, but yeah struggled and by the end of the career once it all catches up with you and you even though you are dealing with things better, it just comes to a point where you'd rather not. It's a, as you say, it's a relief. It, that's the only thing. I don't feel that pain. I don't feel that anxiety or weight on my shoulders yeah. about anything else yeah. in life. I can deal with pretty much everything. That's the one thing where eventually it just got too much. I think the it, load did. It, it got to me as well because I would class myself as mentally strong, yeah. but I think those injuries have helped me be mentally strong. Yeah. I've had to use them to keep going and yeah. you know not many people are able to come back again yeah. and again and yeah. again and again. But it was the one thing that I hated just no it was almost a chip on my shoulder I that I thought everyone was thinking it. Yeah. So especially going back home, say I'd come home for a couple of days or a week in the summer and I'd go out for a beer with my mates. And generally, you know, people back home, I don't know what it's like where you're from. Do you feel that really they want you to succeed I find a lot of the time there's that jealousy and you know not with your close mates of course so I'd go out see people and be like huh injured injured again are you injured again and I'm like that used to get me so fucking angry you know and I I built up this resentment to people Mm. in that respect and it was almost when I retired the weight off my shoulder yeah and then if somebody came up to me and said are you injured again I'd be happy to say Oh fuck off, mate! Yeah, yeah. You know, but as soon as I had to retire for for me to feel that way. Yeah, detach yourself from that. Yeah, being injured it doesn't. You've got to act professionally. You can't answer people back. You've got to you've got to speak to them properly. Show them that you're in control. Yeah, and it was like I I I hated it. I I really did. I hated that. And I'll still people make jokes now, Mm. but I'm at a point in my in my life. I genuinely I don't care what people think of me because I've come down this route Mm. career-wise now in the media, and you know what it's like. Social media's changing, Instagram, Mm. Twitter, and stuff. And I used to be a guy who thought about what other people thought of me. 
Mm. Not that I wanted people to like me at yeah. all, but it was like I won't I won't post this picture. You look at you look a twat. Yeah. What a posy fucking tweet this is or yeah, show yeah. offy or something. Mm. And I've got to a point I'm thinking, who cares what they think of me? It doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I, I'm doing it for a reason to try and build up. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. does that make oh, sense? Absolutely. Well, but but I while I play, I wish I had that when I played. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, I'm, I feel exactly the same. I'm I'm at that point now where. Yeah, nothing, nothing else matters. Because I suppose the eyes are on you when you're playing, and you're like, you, you, you've got to think about things. But you, you do care, and I think it's age as well, and experiences that you go through, and the experience maybe of finishing one of the biggest experiences you'll go through in your life. It's a, it's a big hit and a big sort of change of, of everything. And I'm at the point now. It, it, it's, you know, more happy to to go out of my sort of comfort zone. But I know what I like. I've got, I know what people I want around me, yeah. which is a small, you know, all about the family, and I, everything else bar that, I honestly don't care. You know, as you say, I'll put, if you follow me on Instagram, I'll put, a, I'm not that guy, but I'll put something of my missus on Instagram, and you know, like, she means the world to me. Which, you know, some people will be like, oh, leave, give that a miss, you know what I mean? But it's just how I feel, I'm just proud of, my wife, my kids, and I don't put things on there to be like, oh, look at this. I'm just proud of my kids. Oh, that's a beautiful photo. Oh, I love that. I'm proud of them. Put that on there. It's mostly about me, me kids on there. Yeah. It's not about me being, oh, look at this, what I've got, and this is a good picture of me. There's yeah. a few on there, and every yeah. now and then you'll be like, yeah, I'm looking all right. Get yeah, that on yeah. there. <laughs> you know I mean? But it's not, as you say, it's not being taken too seriously where it's like, how many likes am I going to get? It's just I'm proud of. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of where I am now. Do you know okay. I mean, to come through that, fortunate and loved every minute of the career, no regrets, as, as up and down as it was. And then to finish and, you know, organise my life now where I'm almost happier than I've ever been. Do you feel now that you're at that point where this is my life? Because the transition, I, I know you said you didn't do anything for a year, year and a half. Mm. I found that to be the easy part because you still had the savings behind you. Mm. you. You had a little bit of money behind you from your yeah. career. Um, you know, everything's fresh, everything's new. Yeah. And then it comes to a stage where things stagnate a little bit and you start thinking, bloody hell, the money is very different in the real world. Yeah. And this and that. You feel you've got over all of those humps? Yeah, I mean, and don't get me wrong, there's still... So when I finished, I mean, again, I knew I had a little bit of time to sort of to work with. I, didn't, I knew I didn't, at that point, want to be involved in football, not even the agency thing, which I'm getting into now. I just needed a complete break from it. And I've got routine of gym, gym, whatnot, and spending a bit of time with the family, but I knew I had to put the foundations down to start things that I wanted to do. And at the time, I enjoy sort of the, the property stuff as well, so there was foundations being put down with that. Like everything in life, there was delays with certain things that got dragged out. So just have to be patient. That's one thing. You've got to be so patient to sort of let things sort of pan out themselves. You want certain things to happen, but you can't. You want to chase it, but for whatever reason, they're not happening. So you just need to sit tight and not get too like frustrated with the situation. So I didn't watch any football on telly. Couldn't do it. So I did not struggle. I was a little bit frustrated because I wanted things to get moving yeah. I didn't want to sit on my backside for you know and I couldn't necessarily sit around for years doing nothing so foundations were sort of built 
and it was tough because it was like want to get going can frustrated as I say there was the times I thought should I give it another go and they only lasted a couple of days they never dragged on but I feel now that I got the burning desire of the agencies somehow of that sort of side of things the business something just happened I mean uh, without coming too deep I think it was me, me, my gran who was very close to passed away sort of last year and I think that not last year it was this year sorry in March still in October and something clicked where it was just like it's weird just the yeah, got life in order yeah I mean I think my life was in order I think I, would, I knew where direction was going but I knew I needed something more you know I needed something more to really sort of occupy me and really focus me and that came the, the fire came for the the agency business and it obviously took a few months to get organised and I'm, I'm dead set on that. Go on, give it a give it a little um, a little plug, a little shout out. Then what is the agency? Yeah. But it's you called know? Perform Sports Management. Yeah. Uh, so I say started pretty much just as the season started, uh, and I'm enjoying it. As you can imagine, it's it's a, a market which is overflowing with with agents. It's tough. It's going to be tough. I'm under no illusions, and it's going to be uh, a real grind but I'm up for it you know there's a lot of you got to go watch a lot of games you know there's meeting with players you got to make relationships with clubs um, you, if you get meetings with players a lot of players as you can imagine have agents already I mean, I've speaking to like lads in Conference North and below and I'll go and watch that level you know I sort of just to gauge the standard and I may see someone who will go yeah he's not bad I'll give him a shout oh yeah I've got an agent and it's like okay. people have already sort of agents have already gone down to that low level and you're talking like eight tiered, tiers down and sign these boys up and everyone's got an agent so it's it's gone well I've had a good response from lads who have got in touch with it, that you know look I've got an agent some may not be happy some are happy if they're not happy uh, you've got to You've got to find out what their contract situation is. Yeah, the with agent. their agent. When, when does it expire? When does it expire? And then it's a case of, you know, keeping in touch and basically putting yourself in a position for when that contract does end. That, you know, they 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 built up a trust with you or a, a relationship with you that they're happy to sort of, or they can see something to at least sit down and go, yeah, definitely, let's say what you got to say. So how does it feel going into a into an occupation where, you know, people's prejudgments of agents is what it is. Mm. How do you how do you deal with that? Because the you know the question gets asked to me, oh, f- football agents, yeah, do, yeah. do you need them? And I'm like, yes, one hundred percent. And they, you know, they get a bad press. There's some terrible there ones out there. Terrible ones. There's, and there's some brilliant ones. Yeah, there's some terrible ones, and there's some some real cowboys. And and you know, I've I've dealt with a good few during my time. I'm sure you have. And there's frustrations I do get from them and there's frustrations of other boys I'm seeing now and ex-teammates where it is about the money. Don't get me wrong, you need a living and you need to earn money. But they do see players as numbers and people will look at that and go, yeah, well, that's fine, that's the job, that's the business. I'm really going in a bit of a different angle where even if I've made a decent money amount of, made a decent amount of money off a player, and say he's hit 30, 31, and you've done well out of him, 
and he's been released by a club. What you find these days, and I, I don't know what your experience is, but the agent will not pick up the phone and start ringing clubs for you at your most desperate mm. hour stage where your performances don't really bring interest yeah. from clubs. This is your neediest hour, and yet the agent's like, I've made me money, so they can't be bothered ringing clubs. Oh, and you'll ask me, any, any luck with clubs? No, no, nothing. Anyway, I got to the point where I ended up in that position. Yeah. Was told that my agent was ringing clubs. I rang those same clubs, just thought, right, I'm taking a soft me on. Rang them. I've heard you spoke to so and so. No, I had no contact. Went through team after team after team after team. No, no one's ever spoke to us about really? you. Didn't know you were available. Didn't know you were, but we're sorted now. And that frustration was like, you know, yeah, yeah. it was. I just, I want someone, or players should at least have a person who wants to put in a, a shift, a graph for the player to exhaust everything. Yeah. That's the least you can do as an agent. Never mind the money if you made money off them. I want to be that person who. So I've, I've helped a couple of. Uh, Ex teammates out, and I, I won't mention the name because a couple of them were in that situation, and it's they were basically fobbed off. Yeah. And the agent does go, yeah, if, you know, if someone else wants to do it, yeah, happy days. Well, that's what that's why I, I stayed um, with Dan from Endgame, uh, based in Cardiff. That's a little plug, isn't it? Hey, hello, I say mine's called Perform Sports <laughs> Management. <laughs> but I. You know, I, I was in situations where I was injured and people thought he's injury prone, do we yeah. give him a chance? Dan, Dan stayed loyal to me in mm. that respect and I always wanted someone that, I said I spoke to him often when I answered the, the phone, um, <laughs> still speak to him often now yeah. and he was, he was never, and that was important to me because I think too many agents, like you've just said, will have it in their diary three weeks before Zach Whitbread's contract runs out, phone Zach Whitbread, yeah. contract running out. Yeah. And then that's their contact with you. There's nothing, you need that personal edge, I think. Yeah. I think it, well, it doesn't even change when you get to the top level because those players will have personal relationships because they're a big fish. Yeah, they, I suppose they demand yeah. more So they get more attention. Spent. They get yeah. the attention of there with them sort of a lot more, aren't they? Yeah. There we go. Yeah. We're now a 10 in, mate. We're gonna Keep have to going, save. mate. How long is it going for? Well, I'd prefer now to grab a coffee so we can really talk about stories that we can't say on the road. What, off Fred? I'm trying to think of. Have you got anything I've missed? Plug, Any plugs? Anything Why haven't we gone in? I, I want to send a, a positive, positive Anything you message. want to talk about? No. I don't, this, is, this is therapy. It feels like it's good, mate. It's good, good, to, uh, it's good to talk, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. I'm just going back to last week at the your podcast with Ravo. Yeah. Fancy dress. You're you're one in a Trafalgar Square. Oh my god. After ever giving me a, a smirk that one. Scuba diver. Can you imagine if go on, go on, I've got to tell them the Yeah, so it was an outfit that I'd worn before when I was right. at Swansea. Yeah. And what had I done? Get me and Gilly were gonna um, I'd ordered Mario and Luigi like mascot sized costumes yeah. but from China and then that winter there was like heavy snowstorm all oh, the shipping yeah. didn't come so, over did so it yeah. didn't come over yeah. until the day I was, I was tracking this Mario and Luigi costume and it was here it was here it was here it got to Norwich on I think the morning that we were leaving yeah. so I knew it was in um, what's it called Royal Mail yeah. 
And then I'm phoning her, please, please, please. So it's <laughs> the day of the game. It was, stuck, the game. <laughs> it was stuck in a cage, like, no, we're not shipping until Monday. So anyway, I had this uh, scuba diving outfit as a, as a backer. Yeah. Dressed up as a scuba, I know it's it doesn't like, even sound good, but full, no, full, full, full outfit, lot. You've got goggles, yeah. flippers, everything, yeah. and just. But it's what you did with that. We can call it, it matters. Fate. We can call it yeah. fate, can we? As we were walking, all sorts went on on that party. Yeah. As we were walking from the pub somewhere to an another pub. This is in London, Trafalgar right Square. Right next yeah? Trafalgar Square, yeah. Yeah, or Piccadilly Circus. Piccadilly Circus it was. Ah, oh, right, sorry, because they've next got to Leicester Square. Well. Yeah, yeah. So they've got like a fountain. Um, with wild, like statues of horses, and, <laughs> and then obviously I've seen that it was a freezing day. Loads of tourists just taking pictures yeah. of this fountain. That, that's all I saw. <laughs> I saw it as a fountain. Yeah, that's the, all. Yeah, that's all. Okay. Turns out it was a war memorial. And I thought, oh God, yeah. And looking back, I thought I could have been arrested. There. Oh, I should have mentioned it. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> Where's yeah, your evidence? <laughs> Trafalgar Square. It so, was. so I've seen this Piccadilly Circus fountain. I'm dressed as Scuba Steve. <laughs> I'm in. I was straight in, wasn't I? Mate, I'll never forget. Honestly, just there was a crowd. There was a crowd there anyway, and I was. I must have been a little bit behind you, sort of down the street, and I just see like a crowd of people like moving over towards his fountain. Like, what's going on here? It's like, you know, if it was today, there'd just be phones out wondering. Yeah. It'd be like viral. Gone over, and you're just <laughs> head down with your little. What do you call it? Uh, know, snorkel. Snorkel. Poking out. Doing like Flip, beautiful <laughs> flipping motion around this, around this fountain. Oh, God. What about the length of it is only probably three metres? I'm two metres, <laughs> but I was doing as if I was doing lengths yeah. one side to the other. It was just so, it was just a beautiful stroke you had going on. I honestly think that if, if that happened now, yeah. I, some people did film it. Like, I think Fox, David Fox maybe yeah. had it on film but lost it because it was on his camera you never really I wish, I wish much about it, I'd love phone. if anyone if anyone out there has footage <laughs> yeah. please send it my way I'd love it but there's also a mixture because I wasn't a big part of the Norwich first team mm. you know playing wise yeah. if that happened today and it was all over Instagram Twitter yeah. I think I could get sacked for that you know? oh, they'd, they'd, they'd have found that as an excuse wouldn't they to 100% get rid of I would have got sacked yeah and Big wages off the bill. I have never felt colder in my life. Well, you, that's when you got out, and that was you for the. I, well, I got out and. Big flippers. Do you know where we, were, about? where we were going next? Ice bag. The ice yeah. bag. <laughs> so I was walking, it was the coldest day ever. I thought I'm going to die of pneumonia. <laughs> Gilly, Gilly and me were roommates. He he thought he broke his he thought he broke his foot because he jumped off a moving bus when the when the boys tried to um, hijack the double decker, double -decker <laughs> and the driver was going to drive him to the police station. So Gilly, oh, actually Gilly, Gilly won't like me saying this now. He's in a he's in a big position as the 23s manager now. It wasn't Gilly. <laughs> Do you remember I, when he can't get on? Imagine Gilly would be great on it. Do you remember when Nels? Do you remember when Nels jumped off the moving bus? Nels, yeah, Nelson Michael was. Jackson outfit. Remember him? He was stopping traffic, wasn't he? The boat so, selector. So Gilly, Nels, Nels thought, thought he'd broke his foot, <laughs> and I always thought I was going to die of pneumonia. Yeah. So we had to get a taxi. You know, I was soaking wet, got in a taxi, yeah. back to the hotel, just jumped straight in a hot bath. Yeah. Did you stay there? Did you come back out? Oh, we got changed. Got, yeah, back out. Got changed, ready for the club. Yeah. What a great little but story the, for the end, mate. Guess what? Yeah. yeah, we needed something like that. To no, no one's got any too much trouble on this, have they? I think it's good. We, we never, we were never too silly, were we? We kept it within boundaries. Just there, here for a good time, mate. Mate, it's been brilliant catching up. Good to see you. I'm sure you'd be a, a huge success with the old agency business. Thank you. Any? Go on. No, go on. No, no. What are you going to say there? Is it off?
And there he is, Mr. Zach Whitbread, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure you'll agree, brilliant conversation. Great to catch up with Zach. Really honest chat. Um, so if you did enjoy it, leave a review, leave a rating, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you get your podcasts from. That is greatly appreciated. Helps me out a lot moving forward. Uh, thank you for the support. And don't forget, if you're after the Welsh podcast with myself and Malcolm Allen, Erna Parth, that's available by itself now. So have a look for that and subscribe to that as well. Thank you very much. Until next time, ta-da. <laughs>